Hey friend, hey, if you are ready to find your purpose in life that God has for you, you're ready to pivot, but you're not sure how, and you want to hear from women who are making it happen and willing to share, then you are in the right place. I'm your BFF, Heather. This is episode number 37, Life Coach BFF Show. So glad you're here. Today, we're going to talk about why I believe in dreams. I'm a huge believer in dreams. We're also going to talk about how to keep from feeling overwhelmed, which I think right now in this world, we all feel that way at times. And I'm going to take a question from a listener. So this is going to be a great time. So happy to join you today. There's no place that I would rather be at this very moment. So let's crank it up. week. I don't know about you, but we have had a lot going on. I don't know. I feel like every week just flies by now. You Monday hits, then before you know it, it's Friday morning. This is really late in the week for me to be putting out a podcast, but that's just how it goes sometimes. So we are going to roll with it. Sunday was an exciting day for my family. I want to tell you about that because it ties into why I believe in dreams. We have been attending the same church for the last four years. And finally, we're able to join. And we're so happy about this. But this church, they have a new members class quarterly, once quarterly. So if you're not there for the new members class, guess what? You don't get to join. So finally, we were able to be there. Of course, COVID hit, so that's out for some time too, that set us back. But finally, we were able to meet with the elders, which is a requirement, and have a discussion with them about why we want to join the church. They told us in advance that they would be asking us questions. I had no idea what the questions were going to be. We had our youngest child, our 10-year-old son with us. He was the only one with us. And we went into a room. It was just us and two elders. And my husband, of course. And the first question that they asked was, how did you and your husband meet? And then they wanted us to follow that with, how did we come to Christ? So the, those, the first one is so easy. The second one, that, that takes a little while to get into. But long story short, they were gentlemen and said ladies first so the spotlight was on me which was a little unsettling at time at first but we I got through it but anyway so I told them how the hubs and I met we met at a party and I said I like to tell people that we met at Sunday school but that's just not the way it happened and it was a really fun party so I left it at that And how I came to know Christ, I grew up in a Christian home. I can remember at age five, my grandmother talking about something about Jesus. I mean, I was always in church and Sunday school, but she said something that triggered something in my heart. And so we, we said the prayer together and I asked Jesus to come into my heart And then about 
six or seven years later, when I was in middle school, this is what happened. And this is what I told the elders. I was having a hard time with school because things were changing. You know, that's such a growing time middle school is. The people around you are changing. And I was very involved in cheerleading, very, very involved in cheerleading. But the group that I was around, some of them were starting to dabble in alcohol and like the older boys. And I felt really uncomfortable with all that because for one thing, I had two very strong women that I had to answer to that I was extremely intimidated by. So I, at that point, I was walking the straight and narrow line. So I went to my mother and I said, I really want to go to this other school so I can cheer. They had a competitive squad that I wanted to be a part of. And, but I didn't know anybody at that school. And she at first said, absolutely not. We don't, you, we don't know any of the families. You've grown up in this one school. You have all these great friends. You love cheerleading. We're just, we're not going to do this. And I was so, so upset. I was crying. There was an argument, I'm sure. I went to bed that night and this is what happened. I dreamed that I was walking up this mountain with all these people and they were smiling and chattering. And I can't remember what the conversation was, but I was so happy and they were happy. And in the distance, we could hear this bell ringing and it sounded like a church bell. I don't know if you're, you live close to a church or you're around a church that has a bell on a regular basis, but there was a rhythm to it. And it was in the background and it was beautiful and everything around me was beautiful. The sky was beautiful. And we walked for a long time up this mountain and I had no idea where we were going, but I could hear the bell. Finally got to the top of the mountain and there was a little boy there and he was the one ringing the bell and he was, he looked to be about my age. So that would have been probably 12 and he smiled and everyone was greeting him. But when I got, when it was my turn, he smiled and he said, I'm Jesus. And at that moment, I did not want to leave him. Like I just, I felt this peace wash over me that I had never felt before. And I just, I didn't want to leave him. I did. I just wanted to stay right there. And he looked at me and he said, everything is going to be okay. And I said to him, I want to stay here with you. And he said, you can't, you, you have to go, but everything is going to be okay. So there were people behind me waiting to greet him. He kept ringing the bell the whole time. He never missed a beat. And he said, you need to go. So I started walking with the crowd and I walked back down the mountain, but I remember the whole time I was walking, I was thinking, this is where I want to be. It was just so peaceful and so calm. And I just, I can't even describe how I felt in that dream. I have not had a dream like that since where I felt that the peace that just went over me. I just have not had a dream like that since. So the next morning I got up and I walked to the kitchen 
my mother was in the kitchen doing the dishes and she said, how did you sleep last night? And I said, this is emotional. I said, I had a dream and I told her all about my dream. And she said, last night about 11 o'clock, I got up and I got my Bible and I went into your room and I knelt beside your bed and I prayed for you. And she said, we are going to make a change. You are going to go to this new school. And since that dream, and I did, I went to the new school. Everything was great. It was a Christian school. It changed my life. It honestly changed my life. But the power of that dream, I can't even tell you the effect that it's had on me throughout my life because at times when I would get really stressed or hard things would come up. I mean, there are hard things that come up in life and I always revert back to that dream and how everything is going to be okay. And before the dream, you know, as a child, death makes you so uncomfortable and riding by cemeteries. I just, I was so uncomfortable with the idea of death. And after that dream, I went, you know what? There's no place that, that I would rather be when, when God calls me home. I mean, it just, the peace, that's where I want to be. I want to have that peace that, that I had in that dream. So that is, that's my story. And I'm going to encourage you. I told, I told my, my, girls, our older girls who are no longer in, in our home, they have left the nest. So we just have two left in the nest. I had told them that story, but I realized while I was telling the elders, I looked across at our 10 year old and he was so in tune with the conversation, which I thought he would be bored to tears, but he was so in tune listening. And I realized that I had never shared that with him. And I'd never shared that with our third child. So I'm just going to encourage you, if you have something like that in your heart that's happened, that has changed your life, share that. And that's why I'm sharing that with you. I'm, I'm a huge believer in dreams. I've had dreams before that warned me about people or after the fact that something happened, you know, I've had a dream to where I feel like God was telling me, you know what, this person stay away. So I think that, you know, dreams are biblical. They're throughout the Bible. I, I feel that we should pay attention to our dreams. I, I really do. So that's, I would love to hear your story. I know that, that you all have a story. I would love to hear it. If you will write in, I mean, if you're willing to share it on our podcast, I would love to do that too. So just I'm here for you. Let me know. Okay. Tips for feeling to keep us from feeling overwhelmed. Ooh, I hope you're not feeling overwhelmed today. Sometimes, some days I get up and I go, whoa, <laughs> how am I going to get all this done today? 
But I'm going to share with you some things that I've learned over the years and that friends have shared, other BFFs have shared with me that, and family members that really work. So the first thing that I do, um, and I try to do this on Sunday night, I will just say a quick prayer for the week. I mean, it can be as quick as Lord, just kind of like my, our 12 year old prays, Lord, just help us to have a good week. That's, he says that a lot of times in prayers. And sometimes I just repeat that, Lord, just help us to have a good week this week. Help it to run smoothly. Help us to live the way that we should. Of course, we always want to live in a way that we would glorify him. And so that's my first, first tip. And then I make a quick list of all the things that I hope to do. And I use that word hope to say that I don't hold myself accountable if those things don't happen. They just rotate to the list for the next week. But it, it is helpful to make a list because if you're like me, you get kind of scattered with so many things going on. And then three weeks later, you go, oh, I was supposed to do that. And I forgot all about it. So I do make a list. And oh, this is something else I do. If I, if I have a whole lot going on and I feel very overwhelmed, I will get out a roll of freezer paper and I stretch it all the way down my dining room table and I get out different colored markers. I know this sounds like a craft project. I promise it's not. But I do the different color markers just so I can really get a feel for, for what's on the paper. And I will list out everything that needs to be done for the week. And sometimes when you see it and you've written it down, it takes away the power of the list and it becomes way more doable. I don't know what it is about that, but it just, it does. It becomes way more doable. So I do that. And then... I also remind myself, and I think that you should do this as well, that it's not our job to be perfect. It's not my job to be perfect. It's not your job to be perfect. Nobody is perfect. We're not going to do the perfect thing every time. We're not going to say the perfect thing every time. And we're not going to have the perfect home. We're not going to have the perfect children. We're not going to have the Pinterest Pinterest perfect life because that is not doable and perfection it's a lie it's not real there's no such thing so I remind myself that it's not my job to be perfect I also don't put up with things that don't work <laughs> you know you have things sitting around your house and you go I'm going to fix that I'm going to take that back I'm going to return it I'm going to whatever if, if you're, if, if your shoelaces are not working in your tennis shoes, throw them away. If your windshield wipers are not working anymore, go ahead, tackle it, get some new ones, get rid of them. That the constant aggravation is not worth it. Get them fixed or get new, new, th whatever it is that you need. But if it's not working, I just, it needs to go. So that that's one thing that I do as well. Okay. Be prepared to wait like mentally. This will help you keep you from 
feeling overwhelmed mentally go into appointments go into the post office go wherever go into the car line go wherever already mentally prepared to wait because I feel like nine times out of ten we end up waiting and the cell phones have helped we all sit and we get out our phone scroll through it that's definitely helped but be prepared to wait and remember that for every one thing that goes wrong in life, there are probably 10, 50, or 100 blessings. And we just need to count them all, each and every one of them. And it's funny because I will write down, that's one thing I do when I get very overwhelmed. I get out a sheet of paper and I'll write down all the things I'm grateful for. And you would be surprised how long that list will be. And sometimes I shoot a copy of it to my husband because I think if I feel overwhelmed today, he may be feeling overwhelmed as well. And he has texted back before and said, thank you. I needed to see this, but I, I do that. I just, I don't want to concentrate on the negative, concentrate on the positive and things seem to go better for me if I do that. Okay. Say no to extra projects to social activities, invitations, you know, you don't have time or energy that it takes and have a belief that everyone needs space at times. You need space, you need quiet downtime, but sometimes we have to say no to have that. And on the flip side, I think sometimes it's important to learn to say yes. There are things that we need to say yes to, like serving other people, say yes, volunteering in any capacity. That is something that we need to say yes to sometimes. So it's not always a no, but we do need to learn how to say no to the things that clutter our day or our weeks or our months, things that are not important. They're not important to you or your family and they're not helpful to anyone else, let's say no to those things. That, that will help. Okay, how about this? Some days I just turn my phone off and I just disconnect. Do you do that? I will put it in another room. People will say, I've been trying to call you. I've been texting. Where have you been? I thought maybe you lost your phone. No, I, I need to disconnect sometimes. I think we all need to disconnect. Some days I miss the time that we did not have cell phones, that we would get in the car and just drive away <laughs> somewhere over the rainbow and have a little peace. So that, that's important. Take time and disconnect. Okay, this, this is something I battle. I have posted pictures before on social media of my desk and I don't know why. It's usually really just my desk that I battle this with, but creep create order out of chaos. If we organize our home and our workspace so that we know where everything is and we're not spending all that time looking for things. I mean, have you ever gone to wrap a present and you can't find the tape? Okay, guilty. I'm so guilty of that. So organize, let's organize our things and then we don't have to go through all the hassle of losing things. Makes it a lot better. See, I'm speaking to myself. This is good for me to go through this again because this is, this is what I need. 
Okay, talk it out. Oh my goodness, if you're so overwhelmed and stressed, a lot of times the things that you're overwhelmed and stressed about in your mind are not as big as you feel like they are. Because the more you think about them, the bigger they get. So talk it out. If you have a good trusted friend that you can visit with, I like to go on a walk. I like to take a long walk with a friend and just get it out. And there's, I think it's the physical release and the mental release it just and also just being with a friend is it just makes all the difference in the world so if you don't have a trusted friend email me just go on the website lifecoachbff.com type it out and you will feel so much better i can't even tell you how much better you'll feel okay do something for somebody else oh my goodness how good does that feel bake a cake for someone, take it to them, go buy a bar of soap, pull up in their driveway, honk the horn, stick it by their front door. But you will feel so good when you concentrate on someone else and not yourself. Take the spotlight off yourself. Makes the biggest difference. Okay, do something that will improve your appearance. Looking better can help you feel better. Think about when you leave the nail shop, you get your nails done or you get a new haircut. I know I went yesterday, got a new haircut and she talked me into a few highlights around my face to, I mean, honestly, to hide some of the gray, but we're not going to get into that right now because we're concentrating on the positive. Do something that makes you feel better, helps you to look better. It, it just, it's good for everybody. Okay. Eliminate destructive self-talk. I'm too old to do this. Guess what? You're never too old to start something new. I weigh too much, blah, 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 blah. Don't do that to yourself. Don't say anything to yourself that you would not say to a friend. Don't do it. Okay, if an especially unpleasant task faces you, I don't know if you know who Zig Ziglar is. He was a motivational speaker. If I just, oh, I loved Zig Ziglar. And he used to say, when you've got a toad to eat, you need to go ahead and eat it because it's not going to get any prettier. Just go ahead and do it, get it out of the way and just do it early in the day. Then the rest of your day will be free of anxiety. I don't know what your toad is, but I've got a couple of them this morning when I get through with this that I am going to attack. Okay, the the second to last thing that I want to tell you is have an optimistic view of the world. Most people are good. They just are. I mean, I just, I can't even... I couldn't even fill up a page of people that I don't care for. There are so few that I love people. I believe the best in people. I try to follow my Angelo's rule where she says, when someone shows you who, you, who they are, you need to believe them. Cause there are some people like me who have a hard time with that. We feel like, Oh, they didn't mean that they're tired. They blah, blah, blah. Well, it's good. It's good to have an optimistic view of the world and of people. And I think that most people are just doing the best they can. They're just doing the best they can. So I know I'm doing the best I can. I don't know about y'all. I think you are too. Okay. Now, yeah, and keep your list of, of your 
people that you're not crazy about, keep it short. Just keep it short, 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 because most people are good. Okay, eliminate. Oh, no. Don't rely on your memory. Do not rely on your memory. I, I encourage my children keep a, an agenda, write everything down. I had this conversation with my LP2, my little precious number two, who is 20 years old. And she is like her mama and will overschedule and forget that she's already committed. And so I have to write every single thing down. And I'm going to encourage you to do that. That will relieve stress. It will keep you from having to backtrack and say, oh, I can't do this. I forgot about this. Blah, blah. Okay. I'm into the blah, blahs today. I don't know why. I'm, I'm excited. I'm leaving this afternoon for Memphis Fashion Week. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm having a girls weekend with some friends and my LP2. And we're staying at a fabulous hotel. I'm just it's, it's just a good good day. I'm going to do some shopping after this and try to update a few things before. I think you, you have to look, you have to look updated to go to Memphis Fashion Week. That's the word on the street. So my closet definitely could use some updating. Okay. Now we're going to take a question. This is Emily from Virginia. And Emily ask let's see where this is she said hi heather you sometimes post quotes what's your favorite quote and what's your least favorite quote hmm i mean i've never had anybody ask me what my least favorite quote is so i think i'm going to start with the least favorite so that i can end on a happy note with my favorite how about that okay my least favorite i don't know if this is really a quote or not emily but I do not like the phrase, I'm sorry you feel that way. And so friends will tell me occasionally, not very often, that they've gotten into some kind of dispute with someone or, and they'll, and they will say to them, they'll say, well, they'll tell me, oh, and I said, I'm sorry that you feel that way. And I, I just would never encourage anyone to say that because I feel like it completely cuts off communication at that point. And it says to the other person, I really don't care to hear your thoughts or how you feel about this. I'm going to throw this phrase on you and it's going to shut you down. So I, I don't encourage that. I kind of cringe when people tell me that they've said that. I would never teach my children to say that because I think it's so important to always have that open communication so that everyone feels heard. I think it was probably some wordsmith or psychologist at one point that told someone, oh, just say, I'm sorry you feel that way. And that'll shut everybody down. And it's kind of spread. I've heard this from a lot of people. So I, I'll just, that's, that's probably my least favorite quote, if that is a quote. And my favorite quote is, drum roll, courage is not something that you already have that makes you brave when the tough times start. Courage is what you earn when you've been through the tough times and you discover they aren't so tough after all love it. So that is 
by Malcolm Gladwell. That's my favorite quote, Emily. I'd love to hear yours. You did not leave your quote. Okay, ladies, it's been a fun time with you. I just, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. If you will take a moment, if you enjoyed this podcast, something that you can do for me that I would appreciate so very much if you would leave a review on the platform that you're listening to this podcast. If you'll go to Apple, that would be great. Rate this podcast, review it push the little star, follow. Oh my goodness, it would mean the world to me. And I want to let you know that next week we have a special guest. I think you're going to enjoy her. We're going to learn a lot from her. And I hope that you will be here too. I love y'all. Remember that I love you. Jesus loves you more. And I can't wait to be with you again soon. Hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.